have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Welcome back, listeners. We're here to do a follow-up episode to our violent shit episode we did a few how long ago was it? Was it like a month? It was a month. It was about a, at least a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. That we did about a month ago for violent shit. One, two, three. Now, because we had a listener get a hold of me and say, Hey man, I have a copy of violent shit Four for you and you need it. And that person I have badgered into coming on the show, Jack, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. Now, now let's pull back the veil a little bit here, folks. Uh, Jack is also the guitarist of the band Rat Bat Spider, who has made the opening theme song to Astro Radio Z. So Jack got a hold of me after the Violent Shit episode when I put a call out that if anybody had a copy of Violent Shit for Carl the Butcher versus Axe to get a hold of me because Mark and I desperately after violent shit three wanted to see carl the butcher for sacks because we saw that clip on youtube and it was ape shit so jack got a hold of me and we met had some drinks and i got a copy of violent shit four so i said i will take this but you need to come on the show in order to uh in order for me to feel okay about this so and i'm so, here <laughs> so so jack why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself what what is it about shot on video films that makes you so happy and that you got a hold of me about it oh yeah i love shot on video and it was all from back in you know, my high school days or whatever, I went to the little mom pa shop and I don't know one of you, the guys you have on here always talk about Nord video. I think that's Mark. That um, would, that would be me. That, yeah. Nord. Is that you? Yes. Yeah. Cause that's the video shop. I used to shop at back in the day Sweet. on the Northwest side of Milwaukee. Yep. And, uh, you know, we'd go rent horror movies every Friday and Saturday night, you know? And a lot of times, you know, you're, you're, more mainstream horror movies were always rented out because they would only have one copy of each movie. It wasn't like <laughs> when Blockbuster came in and they would have three, four different copies of a movie. So we just had to go down the line and pick something else out. And, you know, the covers usually you, you went by the covers, you know. Right. And the shot on video covers just seemed to just stand out. So we would rent those and we would just have a blast and we'd always make fun of like, you know, man, we could get a camera. If we can get a camera, we can make these too, you know. That was the movies I started preferring to watch. Do, what was it about them? Just because they were so amateur or that they that kind of because my thing was always that they had an energy to them. They did. They did. And it was like, yeah, you had people that were making those movies. They know they weren't going to make any money doing it like some a lot of times they just gave it their all you know where a lot of movies you, you know, they just they're there for a paycheck so you, the acting is you know subpar you know punk rock it's it's movies like that you just love 
Yeah, there's I mean, at that time uh, when a lot of these were being made and a lot of them were being put out, it was kind of like way back in the day when there was a drive in circuit where the Schlockmeisters would go uh, town to town to drive in to drive in and sell their movies to be shown once or twice. And then they move on. It was a radio. It was like a road show in the early days of the mom and pop video stores. And I know I've told this in the past. These directors were the only ones that they were that were able to get their stuff onto the shelves of these video stores because the studios wanted nothing to do with home video because they didn't right, right. know how to monetize it yet. They were like, no, we make all of our money at movie theaters and the megaplexes. We don't want to give these movies away. We want to keep all the money to ourselves because of this. All the people that were making these movies, all of the exploitation dudes, they took advantage of this, and that's why they were able to make careers. That's why people like Fred Olin Ray and Tim Ritter and all and Andrea Schnaz, who we're going to talk about tonight, were able to have a career or Todd Sheets in those early days because video stores were buying these at wholesale prices. We're talking like $80, $90 a tape. Oh, so yeah. they were able to actually make a living doing this stuff. That's, yeah, that's they where were I, very expensive back in the day. Yeah, that's where I mentioned before I saw the original clamshell before Troma bought it of Redneck Zombies. And on the back of it, it was $80 for that one VHS tape. Oh, yeah, I've got I've got a couple VHS that still have like the, you know, re- suggested retail price on it. Mm-hmm. And Slumber Party Massacre it comes to mind. That's one of them. And it says sixty nine ninety five right on the cover, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, my dad, you know, he didn't want to spend the money, you know, because VCRs back in the day were 100 bucks, you know. <laughs> so Especially if you- he would just go in there and rent one of these huge top loader VCRs. Yeah. It came in a huge <laughs> yeah. case, you know, and that's what we would do, you know. We'd rent the VCR and a stack of tapes and watch movies all weekend. Right. Right. And a lot of those movies were horror movies, I'm guessing, because the vast majority of the movies that actually got into these were horror movies. Right. Needless to say, Jack's on here. Mark's on here, and we're going to do our follow-up episode tonight, not only on Carl the Butcher versus Axe, which is Violent Shit 4, we're also going to talk about Violent Shit, the movie made in 2015, which is a quote-unquote remake of the original Violent Shit. Now, that's not a shot on video. Well, I guess it's kind of a shot on video movie, but it's not really a shot on VHS movie. It's a, it's a more of a DSLR type deal, but we're going to talk about these. And for right now, this should be all of the violent shit movies. So we don't have to do anymore after this point. So I, are you happy about that, Mark? <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. Uh- <laughs> Well, let's get this out of the way and let's go ahead and go right into it. And we're going to talk about Carl the Butcher versus Axe, a.k.a. Violent Shit 4 from 2010.
Now, Jack, sings how you were the gentleman who wanted us to do Violent Shift 4 so badly that you got a, you reached out to me <laughs> and we went and had beers over it. Why don't you tell the listeners, what is the plot of Carl the Butcher versus Axe? Carl the Butcher returns from hell after he's summoned by Satan himself. Um, his mission is basically to kill the new Butcher, which is Axe, who's played by Timo Rose. It's 25 years in the future. It's apocalyptic world he sent back. And the civilized world is split into different violent factions. And once the factions find out that Carl the Butcher has returned, they join forces to try to kill him and Axe, pretty much. I'm going to move over to Mark the Movie Man. I was going to say something, but I think I'm going to move over to Mark the Movie Man. We we figured after we watched Zombie Doom, a.k.a. Violent Shit 3 Infantry of Doom, that Andreas Schnass wanted to start making chaotic hybrid movies of ultra gore mixed with action, mixed with barbarian movies, mixed with post-apocalyptic war films. Mm-hmm. Um, and Curl the Butcher versus Axe is not different whatsoever. Mark, initial thoughts about Violent Shit 4? Uh, it's violent. <laughs> uh, it's, it's insane. Uh, it wasn't what I expected it to be in all honesty, as far as the way the story actually plays out. I'm not quite sure the way I felt. I will say this as I'm sitting here going, okay, it's three minutes in and not only do we have complete nudity, but he just ripped that woman's head clean off in the first like three, four minutes. I'm like, Okay, so this is the type of film it's going to be. Yeah, it's a, it, the, the version of hell we get to start the movie off, Carl the Butcher is in this chair, chained up to it, and it's totally in a black room, and the devil, which is just a floating red head with horns, is telling Carl the Butcher that for some reason he needs to go kill Axe and bring him to hell so he can become one of his minions. And the only way that Carl the Butcher will agree to this is if he gets all of his powers back. What powers he had, I have no fucking idea. I wasn't aware that he had any powers. All I knew that he could do is he had a big machete and he liked to uh, do a lot of genital torture. Um, that was all I was aware of. He he had a real thing against women's genitals in all the other movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he <laughs> and, sure did. Yeah. And this woman, this totally naked woman comes out and goes to, uh, I guess, get rid of the shackles 
that he has on, but Carl the Butcher gets all his powers back, rips them off, and then completely destroys her head. And this is yeah, how we... She hands the, him the mask. Remember? Yeah. She brings him his mask. And then he off. gets his powers back. It's the mask, which will move over to the second movie we're going to talk about tonight, which was kind of a weird... We I won't get too far into the remake, but for some reason, it's the mask that has powers, which wasn't the case in Violent Shit 3, because there was an entire army of dudes wearing the masks and they had built right, for right. powers so anyways so from there we go into this post-apocalyptic kind of like mad max world um where every last character has a freeze frame title hit where we learn every last character in this movie's name for some unknown reason, because most of them die within five seconds. So why we needed to see a freeze frame with their name on the screen, I'll have no fucking idea. <laughs> um, and there is so many characters that it, between all of these different roaming factions that half of them look like they were shot in some dude's basement where they decided to paint the walls black or in some in, in another room where they decided to hang some white sheets up i it, it's kind of hard to follow <laughs> at first it, yeah what, i agree yeah what do you what do you think of how this movie sets itself up jack it was kind of like all over the place you know and it was introducing so many characters you know and you didn't really there was no development for anybody and before you could learn anything about a character they were introducing a bunch more and i was very confused in the beginning of this you know Right. When the, the vast majority the- of the film, I the thing that I didn't get was they have all of these side characters other than Axe, who is this dude that just literally he's a he's a bootleg roundies version of Carl the Butcher. Let's just be honest. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> because really, he's just another dude with a metal mask and the biggest, most cardboard axe that he swings around. <laughs> it looks like a cardboard axe that somebody put some like uh fucking tin foil over. And he just goes around and sw- he doesn't even really kill anybody with the damn axe. He just swings Mm-mm. it around and does a bunch of like bootleg kung fu moves <laughs> on everybody. So I don't know why the devil wanted axe so fucking badly. But uh, these are the, the two main characters, Carl the Butcher and Axe. Uh, mm-hmm. They're barely in this fucking movie. We mostly yeah, have to sit right. and listen to this um, group of women, these three yeah, women. The Queen Scara group. <laughs> why they have like 60% of the screen time, I have no fucking idea. Mark, what did you think of the fact that the movie's called Carl the Butcher vs. Axe, but we get these three women that literally couldn't act their way out of a piss-soaked paper bag? <laughs> what what the fuck was up with that? I, I, I can't justify that at all i have no idea outside that they were part of the actresses that he found that would eventually get naked uh but why they're on him so much and they get the most kind of story i mean we 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 get the we're following them more than yeah i mean 20 minutes in we get carl uh the butcher and axe fighting 
and that lasts maybe a few minutes literally in some of the worst choreographed fights that all of the fights in this movie one are shot horribly two are edited atrociously and three are just dudes waving around their weapons they don't i mean I oh my god I gotta be honest the fighting in this movie is just terrible I mean <laughs> you see better fights at a LARP convention I'm sure. <laughs> what what I loved is the one scene where I think it was uh, Carl the Butcher he's tromping through and I mean he's actually marching he's moving his arms like <laughs> dun, dun, dun. he's got you know his, uh, you could hear the guy in the mask probably going dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to this river and out of the bushes <coughs> comes this naked girl with a spear. <laughs> For, and the way the camera shoots the f- fight, quote unquote, the camera pans up and down her about five times. And then Carl offs her. It's like, it's like, I'm like, why is she naked? <laughs> and I'm like, that's the worst, you know, warrior ever. And then we go back to the warrior ladies who we find out have been kidnapping the guy gang and, <laughs> and then sucking out their sperm as a narc. <laughs> Narcotic? I have I had no idea what was going on there outside of going, this is this is what the hell? Oh man, I took it as kind of like the cheapoid precursor to the milk sequences from Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> I think they I think they stole that off of Carl the Butcher vs. Axe, only this time it's uh-huh. that they're sipping on. Well, actually, they may have stole it from a very old adult film, so I've been told. <laughs> okay, Mark, let it out. What's the adult film? Uh, the Load Warrior. Oh, my God. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? There's a movie called The Load Warrior. There was two of them. <laughs> Holy shit. And, and instead of water, they harvested other things. I get it, Mark. I get it. I get it. I get so, it. So I've read. No. So you've read, uh, Jack. What do what do you think about the whole drinking cum uh, subplot in this? Yeah, that was a little. That was the the sperminator machine or yeah. the pump. <laughs> yeah, and, and what was it for? They only wanted female babies. I think they said they wanted. Yeah, no, but nobody has told them that like that's female not the way you get babies. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea why that was even. (laughs) And then it's dripping down her face, you know, her face. (laughs) Yeah, they have these conversations that go on for 10 minutes a stretch, in which none of them could act their way out of a paper bag. No, all three of them were terrible. Oh, just terrible. And it's unfortunate because the vast majority of the fun in this movie is the fact that the violence is all all very chaotic and it's all very over the top and kind of comical and the movie's called carl the butcher versus axe they fight like mark said for all of a minute and a half and then the rest of the film they just they train 
I, I, I didn't quite, quite get what what the point uh-huh. was. Like we we meet five million different characters. I'm guessing to pad out runtime, they had freeze frames with their names on. The oh screen. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure because this movie was only like an hour and ten minutes or something like that at most. Yeah, it was a short one. Yeah. And once they get toward the end, the epic conclusion where all of a sudden, uh, Carl the Butcher pulls out his secret vial of special sauce and then becomes a guar character with these immensely huge muscles. And I don't know how he could even move his arms, to be honest. It was so ridiculous. The last, like, part three. He looked like a Cabbage Patch doll. Oh, he did. It wasn't even remotely realistic. No, no. But that's the fun part about it. Hilarious. But like the last one, the third one, (laughs) it's the last act that makes this movie even remotely worthwhile. (laughs) Because it's just a bunch of people shooting and killing each other. Horribly, might I add. Let me just please state that you'll see better fights on a schoolyard playground with kids and sticks. They'll be better choreographed than any of the fights in Carl the Butcher versus Axe. But they won't have people getting their stomachs ripped open and heads ripped off and all sorts of other crazy ass shit. So there's not much of a story to this thing. It's it's absolute nonsense the whole way through. Um, My favorite part of the movie probably has to be the soundtrack is actually pretty decent for such a shitty little movie. Um, Oh, my fucking God. I, I cannot get over the fact that the vast majority of this movie is three women that never should have been allowed in front of a screen talking about nonsense for literally 45 minutes of this movie. I mean, uh, there was an epic power struggle between <laughs> They, their characters are so inconsequential. They literally died within like a minute of meeting anybody else. <laughs> so what was the point of spending so much time with these stupid chicks? I, I didn't get it. You know, you, let's not forget our other of the vast char- cast of characters, the last German soldier on earth. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. So what exactly was the point of this dude? They showed him for all of maybe 40 seconds of the movie. And then I don't even remember what happened. Did he die at the end? I don't even remember. Well, he he got involved in the big battle at the end, sort of. And God, I think he survived. I don't remember actually he was he they have the one scene where vendetta who is the sister of axe she's this like uh, mia jovovich wannabe uh she comes up and they get to see where they're almost going to meet and fight and then they turn around and walk away and but yeah i i, I don't know what the point of the last german soldier on earth was uh at all outside of he just he just shows up he keeps popping up every so often (laughs) oh my god what did you think of the fact that we needed to have a title card for every single last character in this movie at first i found it novel with the i i I was okay with that first group of guys that we met you know the black monks i think they were called or whatnot because i was like okay we've met we met the three women who are the main people for the one group and we've got this other group okay cool 
But then when they started doing it for like every single person, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of it. Cause I actually liked the, the black monk guys that, that first gang we meet or gang local, it wasn't the black monks. That's what it was. It was gang local. I think it was, uh, where, uh, You've got the one Sparrow guy, guy named Sparrow, who's got the real low voice and uh, the captain who's got evil eyes. You know, I like that group of characters, but then we just kept getting more and more characters. And those guys were getting lost in the shuffle because those guys were interesting. I kind of like I kind of dug them a little bit. I'm like, okay, we're going to see where this is going. And, you know, that that gang, I enjoyed them. But then we just kept getting more and more, and I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm now I'm getting kind of you're like a SNL skit. You've you've really beaten the skit to death, <laughs> you know the the shtick. You know? Yeah, I have a feeling that was that's got to be the biggest annoyance of this movie. <laughs> if there is anything, really, is the fact is this whole title card thing that we every last character has to be introduced in this movie for some reason. Jack, um, what was your favorite part about this movie? Uh, the whole final sequence. After after uh, Carl turned into the roided-out Cabbage Patch doll, it just got crazy. And then it was <laughs> like, after that, that was my favorite part of the movie, was the whole melee at the end. Kind of built up to that point. Yep, yep. Uh, Mark, what was your favorite thing about this? Yeah, I got to say that at, I like that part. And just <laughs> it had uh, just the scene where Carl and uh, Axe decide to join forces. It felt a little like the Hogan Macho Man when they decided <laughs> to join forces. It was handled the exact same way with the hand, with the way they shook hands real slow like and that. I'm just like. Wow, I feel like I'm watching this, the the was it the uh, superpowers or whatever it was the uh, mm-hmm. yeah you know forming and so I kind of dug that a little bit uh, and that there were a couple other jokes beforehand like the one guy saying there's only one queen Freddie Mercury you know but mainly yeah it was the <laughs> end. <laughs> you know there's a few moments like that through the film but it, for me yeah it was this end sequence of just balls out crazy shit happening to where you're just like i i'm not even trying to figure anything out anymore i'm just gonna sit back and enjoy every scene of this crazy shit oh my god i'm i'm telling you the way that carl the butcher and axe were portrayed in this because they're wearing these huge huge masks they're obviously overdubbed and their voices are just so ridiculous like carl the butcher i x we need to join forces and X, I am your father. And then all of a sudden they be instead of fighting each other, they, they team up to for I have no idea why I, I, I still right now have no idea why none of this movie made any sense to me. No, no it didn't. <laughs> well, so if you're you're looking for a flick that literally is just pure nonsense for an hour and 15 minutes. This will be right up your alley. If you kind of liked Zombie Doom or Violent Shit 3, you might get some enjoyment out of this. I, I'm just going to come out right on out and say, I actually kind of didn't dig this one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there was the beginning, the opening sequence was really fun. It was a really fun way to start this. 
Mm-hmm. And I was really excited. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be some shit. This is going to be something else. And then it just, the whole movie, the reason this movie dies isn't the horrible fact that it's called Carl the Butcher vs. Axe, yet they fight for a minute and a half. It isn't even the fact that every single last character, even dudes that only are on screen for maybe 10 seconds, get a, a freeze frame and a, na- a name plate. It's the fact that we literally spend almost three quarters of the movie with three of the worst actresses ever to go in front of a screen. <laughs> and it, it kills the movie for me. It literally is so insufferable. I just I, I, I liked Violent Shit 3 better. If they would have stuck with more of Carl the Butcher in in acts in this movie i think it would have been hell of a lot better and i i actually kind of liked the fact that they went back to the well and we're we're trying to tie this into some of the previous installments a little bit but in all i gotta say man was not my bag was not my bag jack what are what are your thoughts overall about this thing Yes, same, same. Yeah. And I told you when I handed you the movie, you'd probably like it if you'd like three. But I hadn't seen the movie since I had bought it back, you know, five, six years ago. And then when I rewatched it, it was tough. It was and it, and it was it was Queen Scara and her other two like clan members. It just ruined the movie, you know, because it. it, it it focused more on the power struggle between the queen and the other lady that wanted to be the queen. And, and like you said, not enough about the main characters who the movie is supposed to be about. And it was just, it was, it was tough. It it took me a little while to get through that movie, but yeah, I found uh, infantry at doom to be much, much better and more enjoyable than this one. Yeah. It just, it was more focused. It, It just like, it was action from the beginning until the end mm-hmm. where this one just went in fits and spurts where all of a sudden you'd, you'd get Carl the butcher and he'd off a bunch of inconsequential people in a very horrible fashion. Yet it was kind of fun. And then we'd sit and listen to these three actresses. Oh my God, <laughs> I am going to be the queen. Like it goes on forever. And then they gargle calm and all this other shit. It's just, <laughs> Oh my God. Just makes no sense. Mark, what are your overall thoughts of this? Cause I, while we were, while you were watching it, you were texting me like you absolutely were in love with this movie. I was in love with certain scenes in this film, but as a, as a film overall, it was, it was left me disappointed because he, yeah, it says Carl, the butcher versus ax, but we don't get a whole lot of that. And the problem is I could see if they restructured it, cut cut out so much of the the girls and you just build up to Carl and Axe for like, say, even 30 minutes, just meeting up with these different clans and annihilating them and then finally meet. And then while they fight, they have this whole final battle and then you don't pull the trigger till the end to find out that they're related or what i mean they could have if they would have focused on the two characters who are whose names are in the fucking title i would have dug it more there were scenes that i really enjoyed but overall as a film no i i was like 
I, I want to see more. I mean, the guys kept saying, oh, did you hear Carl the Butcher's back? I'm like, yeah, I want to see him. Where the fuck is he? <laughs> Instead of these dudes, they're all sitting around a card table sharpening these yeah. phony blades. And, and I and I, don't get me wrong. I I, I like those guys, too. I, I like the characters, but there, there's too much extra shit in here when we really just want to see Carl the Butcher and Axe mow through people and get to each other and fight that that's all you really need in this we don't care about the story of their fodder you know right as you guys said it, it's all over the place had they stayed focused on axe and carl finally meeting at some point later in the film than when they do I think it's a little better. And then you go into the batshit crazy fight. So while they're fighting, you know, they've mowed down through all these guys. See, I, I should do a fan of it. They mow through all it would be like 20 minutes long, but uh, you mow through all these guys. So they've pissed off all these other clans. Then they fight. And then while they fight, boom, you go into the final crazy battle and you don't even need to develop anything with the, the combinators. Uh, I think you, you just know. leave the scenes of the Cumminator. I think you yeah. literally you introduce them and they're just these weird people that are drinking men's cum and that's it. I, that's all you needed of them because once the fight starts, they die almost instantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they go hide. They go hide and then, yeah, they die. So it's kind of like, why did we spend so much fucking time with these people? <laughs> Though that's a similar complaint I have with the next movie, but oh my gosh, oh my gosh! So <laughs> I think across the board we're saying we're saying a thumbs down here, guys. Yes, I enjoyed three a lot more. This one has fits and spurts, but just watch, go on YouTube and watch that final battle on YouTube, and that's the best part of this film. Yeah, easily yeah, best agreed. part. Of this yes, game. yes. And the intro. I think that intro where Carl the Butcher gets his powers back uh, yeah. in hell. That part's really fun, too. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the intro with the the Halloween <laughs> theme song. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's not that movie. I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. So... I want to say before we move on to the last movie of the night, I want to say, Jack, thanks for getting this copy to me. I'm even though we none of us walked away thinking it was great. I, I really appreciate that. you. Right. Yes, out. you're welcome. Yeah, it's weird because I, I I texted you that I had a copy and I was going to burn you a copy. And then it was the very next day. Synapse announced that they were going to be releasing the set. Yeah, Something it, it's a fucking motherfucker. Video five years you know and it's like yeah the very next day i said ah, that's weird <laughs> that figures man that's how my life rolls man i saw uh -huh. at wasteland i saw that set because uh synapse had a table there they always do and it's not just these four movies it's also zombie pestilences on yes there. yep yep so it's like there's there's literally five movies on there so i almost picked this up but then i'm like no, I don't like hardly any of these fucking movies. <laughs> what the fuck would I pay for this? <laughs> but if you're fans of uh, violent shit, I mean, pick this thing up. Oh, yes. Their DVDs are always awesome. The thing is, you go to these cons and, and the Synapse table is ridiculously overpriced. 
I love what they put out, but holy mm-hmm. shit, why am I spending $30, $40 on a DVD? Right. Seriously. I don't understand why they do that at the conventions, like jack their price up, you know, when you and like the record shop I got, I go to here, they carry all the snaps titles and they're, you know, $20 or less. Right. Well, it's, yeah. be, it's because you have fans at a con. It's the same reason for Comic-Con. When you go to any of those conventions or when I was a kid, I used to go to creation conventions, which were Star Trek. And you'd have all this really cool memorabilia and shit was expensive as hell. And you're like, yeah. what the hell do I want $30 for a single replica pin for? But that's because they know there's enough rabid fans out there, even if it's just a few. And they want to walk away with something from this place. Right. They want to walk away from something and it's something quote unquote special they bought at a con so you jack the prices up because they know there's going to be a person out there that buys it so if you produce this thing for five bucks and you get five people at a con to buy your 80 dollar dvd set that cost you you know an eighth of the price to make Mm -hmm. of course you're going to do it yeah it was worth it then right because people are going to buy it. And that's the whole thing is that's why at cons best time to buy something is a half hour before close. (laughs) Yeah, of course it is. Of course. it is. The thing is the synapse table, they are always, I mean, they're nice dudes. I've known them for a while. And every time I go there, I strike up a convo with those guys, but they could learn a lot and probably shift more units. If they sat and looked at what um, the Severin table was doing. They were selling their stuff for like 15 bucks. It's just like, dude, yeah. you put this stuff down cheaper. I will pick up a ton of this stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no way. Like the last time I was at Cinema Wasteland and we're getting way off topic here. I bought the Steelbook Blu-ray of Demons. Nice. And I wanted to get the Steelbook of Demons, too. They're $40 a piece. Wow. After that point, after I bought that, I got suckered into it. I'm like, never again am I spending that much money on a Blu-ray. Why? Why yeah, did I do this? Yeah, that's a lot. And now so, the popcorn steel book, I mean, it's almost 50 bucks right now. Fuck that. Fuck and yeah, that. I like popcorn, but it's like I don't like popcorn enough to spend 50 bucks on it. Dude, <laughs> popcorn's an okay movie. I mean, it's a D- yeah. mm-hmm. B-list flick, but is it worth 50 fucking bucks for a steel, uh, steel book of that thing? No, no. That's why I haven't picked it up yet. I have a steel book DVD of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep, I, got, I got for like eight bucks. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. was, it was like in the bin at Walmart. And I was like, wait. Eight, bu- fuck yeah, okay. Dark, dark skies release, right? Yeah, it's yep. the one that it, it's it was the cool one because with DVD, you know, everything was like 5.1 and it offered it in the original mono soundtrack. So, yep. of course, I have, I have multiple editions of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have the old Pioneer DVD release mm-hmm. that I uh, to this day may be my favorite because it's probably the grimiest. Um, right. That's the one I have. That was the first one because that was the first DVD that was released to that movie. Yeah. And it's a so really nice release. It's a yes, really it nice. Yeah. That Dark Sky one and that Steelbook, probably the best I ever saw of that movie. Best print I ever saw mm-hmm. of that movie. 
Yeah, I've got I've got that. I've actually got a little shrine to Texas Chainsaw Massacre on a shelf up here because I that's one of my favorites. I've got that. I've got a Blu-ray, and then I got the 40th anniversary Blu-ray. And uh, yeah, I, I really like the Steelbook. <laughs> yeah, the Steelbook's really nice. It's a it's a beautiful Steelbook. Yeah. Well, we're way off track here, boys. So I'm going to rein this back in. All right. And, uh, this could be a whole nother episode in and of itself, us bitching about the prices of uh, Blu-rays and steelbooks and DVDs and the way we're getting double dipped. Oh, man. Last thing I'm going to say, this really chapped ass yesterday. So I'm, I'm flipping through my Facebook feed and literally like a month or two back, I bought that Phantasm remastered Blu-ray. Oh yeah, beautiful. All gone one. Oh, beautiful thing. It looks like a million fucking bucks. What do I see? Arrows releasing the whole motherfucker on a box yep. set, Blu-ray with Ravager and the goddamn orb in it. Yeah, and I'm I like, know. I know. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> with the damn remaster in there, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I was so pissed. I show that to a man. I'm like, these sons of d- b- I, I, bargain, dargan, stargan, bargain, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> fucker. I was so pissed. Oh. So pissed. Anyways, so let's move on, folks. We're going to get to the second film of the night. The almost completely unnecessary remake of Violent <laughs> Shit. Violent Shit, the movie made in 2015. Mark the movie man, you had a lot of choice words with me about the fact <laughs> that you didn't quite appreciate this movie at all. Would you like to tell my fine listeners what this movie is about? There's uh, some murders uh, going on, a gruesome murder uh, that we get, and we have two investigators who, one of them's from Germany. And he comes to Italy to help investigate because he believes that Carl the Butcher is possibly back. And so these two do their own investigation that leads them to a really creepy riffraff wannabe uh, collector. And they track it down to a not a cult, but just a group that's uh, I don't even know where to go with this. There's these two investigators are investigating these murders. They believe one of them believes Carl, the butcher is back. He shows footage from the original and they track it to this creepy collector who has his own plans 
for uh, taking over, I don't know, the world. <laughs> I'm not sure what his I think plan he was, was just like a demon. I think that's what he was. Yeah, he's he's this demon guy who who suckers all these people to do some things for him. And he's got his hands on the original Carl the Butcher mask, which also brings uh, which I think turns people into Carl the Butcher. And so we see how he uses that guy, uh, the, the car of the butcher as a tool for his plan for just causing havoc and death. And there's boobs and there's boobs. <laughs> this movie is obviously an Italian giallo style flick. It takes so many cues from Dario Argento from uh, Lucio Fulci and it has sort of the very misogynistic undertones of some of the early violent shit movies. Now this movie off the bat wanted me to love it dearly. So dearly. It wanted me to caress it so badly. It starts off with the fact that the soundtrack is done by Claudio Simonetti's version of Goblin so for a violent shit movie, there's a goblin soundtrack. Immediately, I'm like, okay, I'm balls deep. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Enzo Castellari shows up as a cop. And if you guys aren't aware of who Enzo Castellari is, he is the director of 1990s Bronx Warriors and Warriors of the Wasteland and the Inglorious Bastards and tons of old fucking uh, Italian schlock movies. And the moment I saw him, I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Luigi Cozy is his partner. Yeah, he was in there. The, yeah, who's the director of Star Crash? Star and Crash, Hercules. Alien Contamination. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it, and it, there's also a sequence where uh, Giovanni Lombardo redeases in this movie. Yep, Bob from Gates of Hell or City of the Living Dead. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie is just filled to the rim with Italian freaking legendary uh, actors and filmmakers and uh, musicians. I mean, this movie is jam packed, but it's fucking nonsense. This movie is just like an hour and a half of pure nonsense. Again, it, it's done like a police procedural where we have these two cop characters are investigating all of these random murders yeah. all over Rome uh, by a, a copycat, uh, Carl the Butcher, with supposedly a copycat. We're not sure if it's actually Carl the Butcher or whatever the hell is going on. And uh, again, like the last movie, two cop characters that take up probably a good half of this movie. They're the central focus and they get killed in the most <laughs> unceremonious fashion imaginable. What did you think about this, Jack? Yeah, that was, uh, that was crazy. And the, and the cops, you know, one of the cops, you know, uh, Steve, what's his name? Aquilera, Aquilera. I think that's how you pronounce it. He was one of the, he was the younger, he was the younger detective. Mm -hmm. He's actually, uh, he actually runs the real gore releasing with Nico B. 
the the movie mm-hmm. that did release this movie. So he was in there. Yeah, but the way they died, it was like, yeah, they're they're hot on the trail and just like that, you know. It's <laughs> again, yeah, yeah. we're like, why yeah. did we spend all this time with these two right. guys? Again, another bait and switch where I think they were trying to pull the old Giallo uh card where it's just like you never know what's gonna happen. It's, right. And it it's happens a so fast. Yeah. It, it, it happens so fast. You're like, really? They just died? They're already dead. And there's yeah. still like 25 minutes of the movie left. Oh, yeah. So you're like, yeah, yeah you thought those were the two characters that are going to go right to the end, you know? Oh, my so Usually gosh. when so, you invest that much, much time in characters, yeah, usually you know they're going to be the ones that last to the end, you know? Right. Absolutely. So what did you think going in like me? Were you kind of taken aside by all of the Italian horror and exploitation royalty that was? Oh, yeah, there was there was a lot of cameos and and just it was it was cool. And I thought, you know, seeing some of the names in here before I watched it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, you know, but it wasn't. It It was like my note here. It says very nonsensical. Yeah. 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 That's what I wrote here. And it's like, I, I couldn't follow it. I had to keep rewinding and seeing if I missed something. I'm like, no, I didn't miss anything. It's just not there. Extended sequences where we have a bunch of guys that are horribly overdubbed in classic Italian movie fashion, looking at uh, a headless, armless, legless torso in oh. the middle of a park that goes on for like 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of padded footage in this one, you know. In the kills were all pretty fucking weak. Yeah, they were. I mean, there was a lot of blood, but as far as, like you said, it was just the blood. That was it. I mean, looking back on some of the other, the, the, you know, the other violent ship movies, I mean, some of the kills were just great, you know, especially like in part three, you know, when the, the guy gets his face ripped open. I mean, that was probably my favorite kill in all the movies. I mean, there was nothing like that in this one, you know, nothing, nothing unique or it was just all, you know, just basic killing, but with a lot of blood. Right. Mark, what I, I know you had a lot of complaints <laughs> to me, the, the tone you, you made it sound like, man, good. <laughs> <laughs> what what did overall what did you what did you think going in watching this thing? I I well I watched it back to back with four. And after coming off the last act of four into this was a mistake because it's like you're running really, really fast. It's like you took that five hour energy drink and you're at the tail end and you're like, all right. And then the energy drink wears off and you're like, <laughs> like oh, fuck. So it's a totally different style of film. I mean, Andreas Schnaz, his his style is much more trauma, chaos, throw everything at the wall. And this is much more rooted in that Italian horror kind of sensibility. Like you said, yeah, like, like a giallo. giallo. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what dawned on me on the drive home tonight. And that's why I actually watched this film again with that mindset, because as I was driving home, I'm like, Man, you know, I'm like sitting here going, I should what and then it like clicked. It's like unlike the others, this one was trying to be a giallo film. And then after I realized that, it all fit in the place of exactly what was going on. Now I didn't catch I'm not nearly as versed as uh 
you two on it. Uh, I, I know very little about, you know, the characters and, and the people in it, but I'm watching it. And yeah, it's like, it's, this felt like they were trying to either bring some legitimacy to it or some try to bring it, you know, ground the series a little bit, which is, I think the mistake to go after you, especially after you get three and four. And so when you get into this, you're just like, okay, a lot of padding, a lot of, a lot of exposition. I mean, the, yeah, the scene where they're with the first murder, where they're sitting talking about the legless headless corp, you know, that goes on way too long. And then there's the conversation, even with the creepy collector that goes on a bit too long. And there's nothing that comes out of that scene whatsoever. There's nothing that comes out of most of the scenes in this movie. No, no, you get your, which, you know, if I grow old, I'm going to say this now. Uh, my wife might be asleep. Uh, if I grow old and become very elderly, I'm moving to Italy because a lot of Italian films I watch, a lot of older, older men seem to always get the young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. The women in this movie are phenomenal. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, you get the one scene with the, I mean, this dude looked like my grandpa's grandpa. And he's sitting here with this young woman and, and she's all over him and everything. And they both have someone else. And I'm just like, okay. And then we get Carl the butcher and I think the demon to kill him in like this random off scene. Like why it's, it served no purpose. None, none (laughs) dude. There were so many scenes that served no purpose. Like why did we get introduced to this serial killer that uh, the demon old, old man slash demon um, invited to a party? Um, Why did we, Oh, but he was a, have he was a, a senator. He was a mayor or mayor. Or was, that, he was, was a, that's he was what a, he was? Yeah, he's a politician. Yeah, he was a, a, poli- a corrupt politician. <laughs> yeah, and oh he my had God. this fetish of torturing and killing younger women. Yeah, that, that he was the serial killer. And so that's why we get two scenes with him. Just, the one that's just literally random. The editing was horrible to where we're going and all of a sudden, He's got this woman tied up in, in, in like, you know, uh, lingerie strapped to a fence, cutting her up. And then we go to this just completely benign scene. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, the most entertaining I, entertainment I got from uh, like the middle of this movie was the one badly overdubbed guy talking about breaking my balls. that dude that dude made me laugh and that was right before the really creepy scene with our creepy serial killer mayor who randomly comes up to a woman and says i saw you on the street i'd like to buy you a gift and i'm like why is she not pulling the mace out now and she's like yeah your words are really kind i you you leave me and i will leave with a broken heart and i'm like dude you gotta get better game but no <laughs> yeah he's the creepiest probably the creepiest character this side of that dude from witchcraft six who went up to the the girl in the diner and said you ever have a screaming orgasm <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, seriously, how that guy got that chick to go home with him, we'll never know. And I think the thing about this movie is, is it looks a lot more expensive and a lot nicer than it leads on to because of the environment that it's shot in. Mm-hmm. Have shot this thing at least a lot of the exterior stuff in rome you would we would have all thought it was the cheapest movie we had ever seen because none of the sequences where people are talking look special but mm-hmm. all of the ex, uh, exterior master stuff is beautiful photography oh, yeah. of rome yeah. so it looks like this grand italian it looks like something you would have seen out of argento in the 70s and I think that does not serve this movie very well. And I think that's why ultimately it fell apart for me was that it was such a juxtaposition between all of like the grandeur of Italian horror cinema and the really kind of focused misogynism that violent shit is in, in the fact that they let the killer be known right off the bat And Carl, the butcher is just a goofy ass character. It just yeah. like is totally out of place in this movie. Um, what do you think, Jack, about how uh, Carl the Butcher was used in this? Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't care for the way he was used at all in here. You know, um, they didn't use uh, again. They he just wasn't used enough. You know, he, he had those couple killings, and that was about it. Yeah, I just don't remember seeing a lot of him in this movie. You know. There was a lot of fading to black the moment somebody was about to get killed. Mm -hmm. Well, not only that, but Carl, I don't think there's a single kill in here where Carl is killing someone by himself. No, he's always got that demon or something. The the demon hand. You always see that hand. Yeah, you always see that hand. The demon hand is always there, which takes away from your Carl the butcher character itself you know and then we have that really long section talking about how special the mask was and we go into this attila the hun dialogue for no particular fucking reason (laughs) but the the thing the reason why that's there dude is those are literally shots from um infantry of doom right yeah well i caught that i mean i i caught that they were in there but i'm like sitting here going okay so the mask has power yeah you know but i'm sitting here going and and yeah the way this whole thing plays out carl the butcher is just someone's bitch and he doesn't get a lot of cool kills except for the one spine rip at the very the party kills oh jesus oh yes i forgot about that one he he does get the spine rip which I, i i dug the spine rip uh you know but most of the kills there uh you know aren't that inspired and then he just gets off like a bitch. <laughs> Everybody gets off like a bitch in this movie. It's it's a very, very disappointing movie. And this is coming from somebody that really likes Italian horror cinema. And I really think that this was really misguided because violent shit. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, the subtlety of how some of like Jalo uh, cinema, how it plays itself out in certain circumstances, they just don't mix. 
Well, they just don't no, mix. They you don't. either go over the top, you either go over the top, or you you go with something that's more stylish. And this just it it just never gelled at any point. No, it, you were trying. It, it felt forced, like you were trying to force two different styles together, and it you it didn't work for either one. I agree with the subtle. You know, they should have had a little bit more subtlety instead of a reveal you know, uh, of the mayor and, and the demon hand. And, you know, there's a lot of things you could have left into question, which is what from some, you know, some of the Italian horror film that I've watched, that's, that's what I remember from it is the mystery of kind of like, okay, but here we reveal it, but yet it's still shot like a giallo film, but it's trying to capture the oddness of the violent shit films. But, neither one mixed together well i and especially after the course of the films you know and the fact it's not even a remake you, you, you know it they kind of is it well, kind of is the opening sequence is a remake of the original one yes the the opening sequence is but they're still talking about well 25 years later we have another carl the butcher i'm like so this is a soft this is a, a, as as scott davis would put it a requel <laughs> A requel. <laughs> a requel. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. I think it's more of a reboot than a or a requel. <laughs> yeah, and that's and then the remake. You know. Yeah, and and that's what Scott. That's why he called it a requel is because it's not fully a sequel yet. It's not fully a remake either. <laughs> you know, it's kind of trying to be both and in, in between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it fails to where even the end scene, you're just sitting there going, okay. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't know why you would you would go the route they did. And the movie's called Violent Shit. Shit. <laughs> why are you trying to make some arty movie out of this? It's right, called exactly. Violent Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't get it. It just didn't work in any way for me. Um, no. And done. What are your final thoughts on this thing? Oh, oh violent shit in the movie. Oh, shit. Not much. <laughs> the only thing I dug was a hole in the backyard to throw my copy of this flaming piece of poodle shit in and just bury it. Just never revisit it ever again. It was terrible. Oh. I hated everything about it. There was nothing I like. Oh, I, I take that back. The only thing I really did like about it were the boobs. <laughs> oh, there were some great movie. Oh, great knockers in this movie. I agree with you. On Other that than one. that, the rest of the movie, it, it was terrible. Man, and it's hard for me to say that when Claudio Simonetti did the soundtrack to this thing, right? And even his soundtrack, I don't know. I it was. It was kind of like rehashed stuff. It was nothing. I don't know. It just, I didn't even care for the soundtrack that much, even being Claudio Simonelli, you know, and even with all the other cameos and, and uh, well, like, you know, even the last lady that was killed in the movie, that was, uh, that was Olga from uh, Suspiria, the, the lady that got killed in the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. Carl was killed. They must have gave the mask to someone else because then there was another Carl the Butcher that was twice the size of the other guy, and he ended up killing the lady. Then that was Barbara McNulty. 
Yep. So, I mean, we even had another cameo from another Italian, you know, star. So, I mean, it's, you had all these people from the Italian cinema in this movie and it's still just, it just couldn't do anything, you know? Yeah. It wanted to pay respects and showcase and pull in the people from, you know, this era of cinema. Yet it felt like such a hodgepodge. I think if we get back to Claudio Simonetti's soundtrack, totally lost me. Even his soundtracks, which I usually like a lot. I mean, I even loved his soundtrack to Argento's Dracula, which is like a theremin nightmare. There's just it's just a ridiculous soundtrack. Um, But in this one, the orgy sequence where uh, you have, you know, the the serial killer mayor and all of these. Oh, at the party. Yeah, the party in all these humongously breasted women. Yes. um, Just getting naked and rubbing themselves all over the place. And the music is so out of place Mm -hmm. like it doesn't make any sense within that if the film it just kind of feels like this was like a bunch of (laughs) b-sides i did to give them yeah yeah what was really weird about that end scene too is it felt like the assistant was a page behind the rest of the movie in the script because she comes in and she goes Oh, the the collector is still collecting, you know, is still getting ready and that. But go ahead and make yourself at home. They already had their their, you know, various parts out and were they were fucking sniffing cocaine off each other. And I'm like, <laughs> the party hasn't started already. What do you mean? Oh, the party, you know, and then creepy old guy comes out and goes, oh, now the party can begin. I'm like, we. <laughs> <laughs> where the fuck you've been dude the party's been going on for like 15 freaking yeah it was <laughs> and then and then you get the assistant actually i gotta say one of my favorite scenes because it was just so batshit odd you got everybody naked and they're all like oh we gotta eat so they're doing cannibalism because of who knows? Oh yes, they were they the police that. officers. Yep. Yeah, they're the they're well, they're eating the police officers, but it's huh? part of the ritual or whatever about I guess immortality or whatever. I didn't care by that point. There are just a lot of uh, everybody at the party was pretty much naked except the assistant, who randomly comes in and starts giving a nutritional value of the body parts. <laughs> Talking about oh, we didn't serve the lungs because they're just too tough to chew and usually the liver is a delicacy but one of them was you know and nobody's listening to her but she's right. standing in the corner giving the nutritional value <laughs> of the body parts of a human and I'm just like, and then she just walks out <laughs> that was see I think from that point on once the orgy slash party happens this movie really picks up yeah I think though everything before that point is garbage, just mm-hmm. garbage and inconsequential. It means nothing. And from that point on, it felt more like it knew what it was trying to be. Yeah. It was like, it was an over the top, Fulci, weird ass Italian splatter movie. It, if the rest of the movie had been like that, I would have been game. For oh, right. Right. But well, it just wasn't. And that's what's funny is the film's called violent shit, but in all honesty, not a lot of violent shit happens to like the end. <laughs> no. Yep. 
Nope. There's a lot of really horrible overdubbing, a lot of talking about stuff that just doesn't fucking matter. So, Mark, when all is said and done, what do you got to say about this? Yeah, you know, had they, it almost felt forced like they, they, they were using, they were pulling a U.S. film angle and using a name of a cult say film to try to pull in an audience but yet make a different film than what that name was attached to originally so i think had they approached this and not done it as a violent shit film which if you turn change just a couple of things in this film you could easily just make a 2015 giallo film uh i think it would have been good but it no, I this film was it was boring and don't even stay for the six minutes of credits at the end. Oh, my God. I couldn't fucking believe it. I'm looking at it. The, the credits start and then I look at the time. I'm like six fucking minutes. You're fucking you gotta be shitting me. Nope. <laughs> slowest one of the slowest crawl settings on their video editor, I swear, because I'm just sitting here going, holy crap. Uh yeah, no, it's not worth it. it it's a movie called Violent Shit 4 is boring for uh, three quarters of this film. And then the last quarter, you barely care at all for anything to happen. And it's over before you know it. And then there's yeah. long credits. So, yeah, it's yeah. not worth it. Three for me is still still the pinnacle of this series. Uh, and it'd, it'd be the only one I'd ever catch myself watching again. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to also say part three is the pinnacle of this series. Oh, same Jack, here. Yes. It's, same with you. Part, what do you, what, part what three for me also. First episode. What do you think no, about uh, those first three? I like all three of them. I'm, I'm not lying. I even like one and two, but three is just, that's always my favorite, you know? Well, the first two I bought, I didn't really care for them at at first because when I first got one and two, it was on a German release that had no subtitles. It was in all in German audio. I couldn't understand anything, even though you don't really need to understand anything. No. And then when I think it was Shriek show that released zombie doom, then I picked that up and then it had the dubbing in there and the dubbing was just hilarious in it. And just, just, it was just, just, wild it was just batshit crazy you know the whole movie mm -hmm. where one was kind of boring it was just following a guy around just doing random killings which is kind of boring but i enjoyed it you know for what it was yeah but three definitely is the best out of the whole series it's definitely the pinnacle i mean it's just bonkers and i so wanted part four to be that but both of these movies were kind of duds tonight boys yes i agree yeah, it's too bad. Um, so I would just say if you're going to find a violent shit movie, go get number three. I see a longtime listener and buddy of ours, Jason Zilliger, went out because of our first episode and promptly bought Zombie Doom. Um, he has yet to report <laughs> back to me on his thoughts. So, Jason, you need to get a hold of us on the Astro Radio Z Facebook group and post your review of uh, Zombie Doom promptly i want to know i want to know what you think of that <laughs> i i find it hard to think any of my uh, my loyal listeners that they're going to walk away from that movie shaking their heads it's just a f stupid fun movie and unfortunately right. you know part four is kind of a stupid fun movie 
it just is totally crippled. I, it could right. use a yeah. fan edit. It really could use a fan edit. And I bet you it oh, would yeah. be a fun, yeah. maybe 25 minute movie. Agreed. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. There we go, folks. That is the end of our violent shit journey. I never thought I'd ever <laughs> utter those words. A violent shit journey. Um, so we are going to move on to the portion of the show where my guests shamelessly shill the fuck out of you. Jack, you got a ton always going on. So why don't you let my listeners know where they can find you on the internet and uh, please shill your band. All right. Um, all I got basically is my Facebook page, which is Capone Simchak. And then our band, our band page, Rap Bat Spider, all one word, no spaces. You can find us on Twitter, I think Snapchat. I mean, all these whatever social media sites, you know, Facebook. We're on everything. Our drummer has us on all the social media sites, which I'm not too hip with. So you could be able to find, you can get a hold of me through there if you need to. I mean, through the band page. Other than that, that's all. That's about it. Where can people go and buy your guys' music? Right to our Facebook page. If you go to Rat Bat Spider, there's a store button. You know, shop now, and it'll take you right to our store that we have. T-shirts, stickers, CDs, patches. So we got all that stuff. Cool. If you guys love the intro of this show... You know what they sound like. I've played a ton of their music in the past. Love you guys. You guys are a great band. So please go out, support these guys, buy some of their music. Thanks for coming on tonight, Jack. Well, thank you for having me. It was an honor. This is my favorite podcast out there. And to be part of it was it was an honor. Thank you. Oh, geez. You, you're making me gush here. <laughs> I, I got a tear in my eye over, over such nice things that probably should have never been uttered <laughs> about such a filthy ass show where, where before uh, I, we started this show, I was talking about strip clubs, which will probably end up making it to a, a, little a bonus bit of that episode. Before my phone went bonkers again and kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a little bit about well, the strip clubs. <laughs> oh my God. I, I thank you, Jack. Thank you so much. Mr. Mark, the movie man, shill it. Uh, you can find my stuff at specialmarkproductions.com uh, where you have links to my YouTube page, which is specialmark uh, P-R-O-D. You can find me on Twitter, specialmarkpro. Uh, we have a Facebook group, not just a page for the movie review show as well as the Spoiler Room podcast. You can go to uh, groups slash SMPRD. You can find me on the Spoiler Room podcast as well where uh, Derek has been gracious enough to uh, come on every so often on an episode there as well uh i'm on uh shit where else uh galactic netcast i do the movie man's movie minute i do horror thursdays on we live entertainment.com and uh yeah i think that's it awesome thank you guys for coming on next week be ready we're going to get into john waters cecil b demented we're almost at the end of our John Waters episodes, folks. So look forward to that one. And I'm going to do a quick show. I usually don't do this at the end of the episodes anymore because I have an end tag of some creepy old computer voice that shows for me. But um, we're really close to reaching our first goal on Patreon. We're only like a buck away from uh, the first goal. 
Um, so if you guys are our listeners and have been on the fence about maybe joining in and getting in on some of the Patreon discussions in some of the bonus episodes and stuff like that, please let me push you over the edge. Come on over. You It only costs $1. You get all the bonus outtakes episodes. So you hear all the stories about the strip clubs that we were talking about uh, before this show. And uh, you'll also get commentary episodes if you donate $5. And we just got done watching perhaps one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life, Queen Kong. Amanda and I sat through and suffered through that horrible pile of shit for you guys. You voted on it. So I blame you, Astro Patreons. But if you want to sit and listen to any of this additional content, it's much more. Um, I know my show is pretty laid back, but the bonus stuff is really kind of just a bunch of people shooting the shit and having a good time. And go on over, throw a couple schmeckles my way. I appreciate it. We're going to be expanding more and more on the Patreon page. So I appreciate everybody that is a member over there already. I would love to see more of you over there and let's have a good old time and get some more Astro Radio Z folks. So until next week and Cecil be demented, I'll see ya. Then find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, YouTube, and anywhere podcasts are found. Please, help us by subscribing, rating the show, and giving us a review. It helps us get the show out to more listeners. Also. If you would like to hear more of the show and be a more active participant, join the Astro Radio Z Facebook group and page, and join the Patreon. For only $1 a month, you get bonus episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Astro Zombies. Yeah.